Good evening, God's people. Welcome to WTS WGS. What they say versus what God says. My name is Mafen Kim. So I was thinking, right, that if there was one thing that was spoken about a great deal in the Old Testament section of the Bible, it's idolatry. The worship of foreign gods, cutting idols, and fellowship with devils. I mean, as a believer, it's a no-no, right? One of the reasons scriptures were written was for our learning. Thus, it teaches us the nature and character of God as pertaining certain things, his response to certain things, and in this case, it's idolatry. But then, when you hear it, you might be thinking of idols as the objects or the animal you place on an altar and worship or pray to or sacrifice to and such. And so you'll say, uh, Math, this isn't me. This is not me. I love the Lord. I've given my life to Christ. I don't have any other gods. But really, you might not have a physical altar with your gods on it. But what is that one thing apart from God that you've convinced yourself that you cannot do without? That thing in which your confidence lies, that place you run to when you're hurt or in need of comfort or you need reassurance. Jesus told a story in Mark 10:21 of a rich young ruler who asked Jesus how he was to inherit eternal life. And Jesus told him to obey the commandments. He wasn't satisfied as he had been doing that since his youth. And so he asked, what else can I do? I mean, this young man by experience could tell that the law, perfect in itself, did not effect life in him. So the actual problem was not the law, but the human nature. And the Bible said, then Jesus beholding him, loved him and said unto him, one thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me guys that instruction was heavy but all this guy heard was sell all you have give it to the poor he was too attached to his wealth to do so he was so blinded by wealth that he didn't see the love that prompted jesus to ask him to come follow him this is a privilege that a number of people were expressly denied. Verse 24 says, And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answereth again, and saith unto them, Children, how hard it is for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. For him, money was his weak point. My pastor says the rich young ruler they didn't just have great possession. He said great possession had him. So it's not really having the wealth, it is putting trust in the wealth that makes one to miss the true aim and scope of life, which is Jesus. So what has you? What is that one thing that owns your focus? Is it partying? Is it drinking? Smoking? Clubbing? And note that it may not even necessarily be a bad thing. Maybe it's just friends for you. Maybe it's ambition. Maybe it's your spouse or your children. Maybe it's your job. Maybe for you, it's chill, comfort, you know, convenience. God just doesn't want you attached to anything that will yield undue influence over you, such that you're willing to do anything to preserve it. 
No, that spot is left only for God. The aim of Satan in distracting you with fleeting things is to put in you an insatiable longing for a satisfaction that you will never find. Instead, the effect is more emptiness. The result of chasing emptiness is more emptiness. And that's what God doesn't want for you. Only God is true and sure. All else is passing. The Bible says the fashion of this world, it passeth away. That is the principle. The devil's chief trick is to hide in the shadows, to make you think he's not there, and to put you on the throne as though you are the Lord of your life. No, he's just trying to convince you that you're the one in control and that you're enjoying it. Meanwhile, he is in the background. And as long as you see that you are the one in control, you'll be relaxed, you'll be comfortable. That deceitful freedom is what keeps you in bondage of whatever you are addicted to. Only you will not realize that every action, thought, or suggestion you've accredited yourself is sponsored by the devil. He only has to convince you that you truly want it, that you cannot help yourself, and that you cannot deny yourself. That in itself is true slavery. Living life as food for stomach, stomach for food. That thing you feel you can't do without, it will be the end of you. If the enemy cannot destroy you, he will distract you. Eventually, though, that distraction seeks to destroy you. It's like a sickness that will eventually lead to death. It's just a matter of time. It's what is leading to the death of so many young people today in an era of do what makes you happy, do what pleases you. Just chill, fun, comfort, luxury, and convenience. Being born again is much deeper than that. So I'm going to do a whole episode on addiction, but right now, think of it this way. My pastor said one of the things that causes us to condone addiction is that we always attribute addiction to a bad thing. Things that don't speak well. Drinking, smoking, doing drugs, you know? And then we forget. What is addiction really? Addiction is bringing yourself under the power of a thing or an idea such that it runs control over you. So now the options are wider. God says, I have no other God before me. I am the Lord. He wants to know that he is number one, that when your needs are met, you will not easily replace him, that when you're comfortable, you will not put him in conjunction with other gods like a Jesus and co kind of setting. But is that how your heart is? Romans 12, 1 to 2 in the King James Version says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, the hardest sacrifice to offer is a living sacrifice. Any living item on the altar will strive to survive. Fire is coming. It will struggle even. Now, this is the reason why living the Christian life requires daily decision-making, choosing Jesus over and over and over at every turn. Just as in Luke 8.14, where Jesus told the parable of the sower, he said, the cares of this world, in whatever form it comes, it can choke your faith. It can choke your Christian faith, and if it, it will if you let it do so. And that which fell among thorns are they, which when they have heard, go forth, and are choked with 
cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruits to perfection. As long as you allow those things, your Christian life will not be fruitful. That one thing that Jesus cannot touch, that is that thing. It's like saying, Lord, you can have every part of me, but you can't have my account. You can have every part of me, but you can't have Amaka. You can't have my friends. You can't have my job. You can't have my career. You can't have control over me. For some people, it's food. They can't put down the plate for anything. For some, it's fornication and adultery. Members of the opposite sex cannot pass in peace. Maybe it's money, ego, convenience, any of these things. While remembering that serving God's purpose is not without its merit, we must never allow those benefits to be the reason why we do what we do. Never let yourself come under the bane of material possessions. Let your love for Jesus be your anchor. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for participating in today's podcast. I hope you were blessed. Please don't forget to like this article, share it with your friends, your family, and your entire community. Amen. And then subscribe to the channel. I love you guys so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bye.